This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Coming up on our first episode of the Rip City Roundtable, we get to dive in and chat with two writers for the Blazers Edge website, Connor Bergen and Adrian Bernisich. They have been writers for the Blazers Edge uh, website for a while here. I think Connor since 2021, Adrian for like nine years. So these guys are very knowledgeable. You know, what are they writing about right now? What are their expectations for the rest of this season for the Trailblazers? Where are we heading? The season's not been great. It's okay. We understand. Our record, uh, we don't even want to say it out loud. It's that bad. But we will dive in and get their perspective, uh, articles they've been writing. And so we're excited for this first episode. My name is Corey Dickman. I will be hosting this podcast every week. I'll be your constant. So I forgive me <laughs> if you don't like the sound of my voice. You're stuck with me. So every week we'll have a new uh, guest on the show. And uh, this week, uh, I feel like we're kicking it off with a good one. We're going to have two on here. So we'll do the Connor uh, interview uh, and then kick it over with the Adrian interview. So typically, we'll probably do one interview a week. We'll have one guest on uh, the Rip City Roundtable. But because it's our first one, we got to go big, right? We got to get two in here. So uh, both these guys are amazing. I've gotten to know them this season. Uh, I am uh, the rookie. I'm a rookie writer for the Blazers Edge. It's kind of crazy to say that. It's been a website that I have followed, man, for uh, probably the last eight years, nine years, ever since uh, I moved away from Portland. Uh, I grew up uh, in the Portland area, uh, attended uh, school in the in the Portland area, and a lot of family and friends still live there. Sadly, I did move away after uh, high school. I attended uh, Baylor University in Waco, Texas. So I'd never been to Texas in my life, uh, been a Northwest kid, and moved on down here, uh, finished undergrad in, in, and grad school at Baylor. Uh, did move back home for a couple years, back home to Portland. Uh, was pursuing the dream of working for the for the Trailblazers. I mean, that's you know, it was my childhood team. As we all know, it's the you know the main show in town. I know now we have other other professional sports teams, but growing up, it was the Trailblazers, you know, and then uh, the Portland Rockies <laughs> that later became I think the Beavers or something. But so it's been a team that I've followed ever since. You know, I was nine years old, and my dad took me to my first uh, my first Trailblazers game. And so, uh, but fast forward to now, getting getting to be a writer for the Blazers Edge is incredible. I do uh, primarily post-game analysis of the extended recaps. So, you know, I probably do every other game. So you may have seen me uh, usually give about five to seven points of analysis after every game, uh, talking about the game itself, but also how that impacts the rest of the season. So maybe you reply to some of my columns there or articles. Uh, maybe you agree with me. Maybe you don't agree with me. But, uh, you know, it's good stuff, and I've been enjoying getting to meet uh, a lot of the writers. So Connor, uh, he edits a lot of my pieces, which is which is awesome. Uh, poor Connor, but he puts up with me there. And then he does featured pieces for the Blazers. And then Adrian uh, has an unofficial, uh, <laughs> unofficial uh, Adrian's Angles. It's not called that, but we joked about that on the, uh, on the pod here. Uh, he's actually down in Australia. So Adrian's a little far away, but even in Australia, down under, there are people that bleed the red and black, the Rip City 
Uh, and so it's great to get to talk to him. So I hope you enjoy this first episode uh, of the Rip City Roundtable. Uh, you'll get to know me better as the podcast goes on. Uh, we'll get to bring some really cool guests on, folks that I've known a long time when I was a kid that worked for the team. Uh, maybe some are no longer there, but they have some really good, interesting insight and in, in where, where we're going. You know, uh, it's a young team right now, right? We got Scoot and Shaden and Anthony and Tamani and Jabari. It's like, what, what are we doing? You know, we got, we got a young team and will, will we make the leap? You know, will this draft prove to, uh, you know, get us to another level? It's not, you know, people are saying not a great draft next season, two drafts from now, Cooper flag and, you know, AC, like we have some good players in that draft. Do the Blazers tank one more season? Oh, that'd be hard. They usually hate it, right? You hate that these games are rough sometimes to watch, but maybe that's the direction we go. Who knows? So, uh, but this will be a good podcast weekly, you know, uh, check us out. Hopefully, uh, we'll get in a good routine when we're dropping every week, probably sometime in the midweek, uh, our episodes will come out and we'll have a good interview for you and enjoy talking everything Portland trailblazer. So, uh, enjoy, grab a, grab a coffee, grab a, a drink, get a, get, get something, get relaxed here. Maybe you're driving in your car. Maybe you're on a walk outside. Uh, maybe you're kayaking on the Willamette. I don't know where you're at, but we hope you enjoy the episode. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have our first interview for the first ever episode of the Rip City Roundtable. Hope you all enjoy. We'll be right back. All right, we are back. Uh, we have an amazing guest here. Connor, uh, writer on the Blazer's Edge, is with us. Uh, the Rip City Roundtable. Connor, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing today? Thanks, dude. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's uh, excited to be on the, the first the first episode of the new podcast. Yeah. Dude, I know. This is like, I'm excited. It, this has been a dream come true. Uh, I, I've I've done several different podcasts over the years, but to do one about the Blazers with people that like follow the team is, is like amazing. So, uh, but before we get rocking and rolling with some questions for you, uh, start off, introduce yourself. I, I know folks may, may read about you or they read your articles, um, you know, uh, on Blazers edge, but, uh, tell us, tell us about you, Connor, give us some background. Yeah. Yeah. So I joined Blazers edge, um, in 2021. So, God, almost three years ago now. Uh, during my senior year at Loyola Chicago, I actually I got it got to work as like my internship uh, for my course credit. So I got in through that, nice. which was pretty sweet. And um, just started writing. Uh, and then uh, I, after one year of you know just like taking stories and stuff, I I am now an assistant editor at Blazers Edge. Um, my day to write is Sundays. If you ever notice that like mostly Sundays is articles by me, that's because that is my day on the schedule. Um, but going further back, I grew up in Portland, uh, went to Cleveland high school, you know, crafted my trade at the Cleveland Clarion. Uh, <laughs> oh yes. Paper there. And then, uh, yeah, I went to Loyola and was in Chicago for a few years after graduating, but I just moved back to Portland um, this past summer to try to focus 
more on blazer stuff and be more around you know like the portland community dude connor that's incredible you just you just brought me back to high school so i i went to west side christian high school it's like a small private high school used to be in lake oswego now they moved i don't even know where our high school is anymore but uh i was um uh it was a small school. So like I was student body president, but I think it was like, I like ran against one other person. So I think they just gave it to me, but I, I, you just reminded me, I had to write like an article once a month in our like newsletter thing. And I hated it. I, I just, really? yeah, you just you brought did. me back. You just brought me back to my high school writing days and it was terrible. Yeah, well, I, I did a thing called Connor's complaints at, at the Clarion. <laughs> so that was, that was fun. I, I did not hate that. I just got to kind of rant about like whatever was going on. <laughs> that sounds incredible. Yeah. Connor, also you, for our, for our uh, listeners, you know, I, I do some of the, um, the extended recaps for, for the games and, and Connor has the, um, I'll call it the joy of editing my, my articles before you publish them. So I'm so sorry about the spelling and all those things, but you know, been- no, they're really, they're honestly, they're pretty good. Like grammar, <laughs> grammar and, and content wise. Like there's not, there's not too much assessments to be made. So okay, well, good. Yeah. Well, good. I appreciate it. Well, Hey, we're, we're, we're glad you're here. Uh, we, we want to, so we want to cover a couple different topics. Um, the first thing that we want to chat about is you, you did, uh, I don't know if you want to call it like in-depth reporting or what the term is, but you, you wrote a very good article um, featuring a small business here uh, or in Portland. Uh, and it kind of centered around the return of our, of our beloved old superstar, uh, Damian Lillard, when they came back to Portland, um, uh, when the Bucks came back and played Portland. So you wrote this story. Tell us a little bit more. Uh, tell us a little bit more about it. Yeah. So it's, uh, I would call it a feature piece. Um, and that's my favorite type of writing to do, which uh, you don't always get to do it um, with at Blazers Edge because they are those pieces are more time consuming. But I was really happy that I found the time to do this one. Uh, it's about it's called Back to the Basket. It's a vintage buy and sell basketball shop on Hawthorne, and it's a really cool shop. I'd been I'd been a customer there for like a few years, um, but basically they were doing a uh, like a, a watch party for the uh, Damian Lillard's return back to the Moda Center. Um, and I'd gotten the email. I, I got the email because I was on the customer list and I had been kind of looking for like a story to do. Um, and I didn't have any plans that night. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> Might as well go. Uh, yeah. I was like, I, should, I just, I thought it was, I thought it was cool because they were keeping the shop open late. Like they normally close at six, but they were keeping it open yeah for the whole game well, um, well so i when, when you sent me uh, you sent me the article and and i you know I, I read it and really cool stuff and then of course i had to like you know i'm in this like world of content all the time so uh i went to their youtube channel i was like dang hundred seventeen thousand subscribers uh their instagram you'd mentioned it in the article is like twenty thousand uh subscribers mm-hmm. followers and their tiktok is really active so these guys are you know, they're, they're, and it's funny stuff. I mean, some of the stuff was making me really laugh, like genuinely. Yeah. Laugh. So they I, I thought, yeah, they're like sketch comedy, uh, skits. Yes. There's like one with like Elmo that was like coming in to buy shoes or something. So, so it, it tells me that they're, you know, beyond just like a small business owner, but they're like creative in their marketing. Uh, but then hosting these parties, which I think, you know, flows into 
to their customer base, and that makes sense. Yeah, it's these two guys, Troy Douglas and um, Jalen Thomas. And Thomas actually was profiled in a Sean Hyken piece because he he tried out for the Rip City remix uh, last year, which is kind of like a cool like side note. But um, yeah, they're they're just like super friendly guys, uh, and you can tell. And it's like not phony, you know, like the whole, it's sometimes it can be like a cliche, like, oh, like small business, customer service, like, um, but like just from interacting with these guys and the interviews. And then even when I was just in there as a customer before, like you could tell they really just love basketball um, and just love interacting with people. So yeah, these events, they told me that they were trying to do more in-person events for this year. That was like their mission um to help get more community engagement so yeah they had it for this game and i kind of was just like oh like i'll go there and like it'll be like a nice little story um like hopefully they like a big crowd that would make it like almost like cooler but then once i was interviewing troy like i learned this whole backstory of how they started or how he got started as uh like a small business owner uh, and it's all linked to Damian Lillard. And it was, it was just like a crazy story where he had, he was selling online apparel and he has a brand called cultural blends and it was in 2012. And this talks about the whole article kind of ends up focusing on this, a huge part of it. And he had, he wasn't, I don't know, like struggling isn't the right word, but like starting out and like, Oh, sure. I mean, every every business, especially like one in like apparel and stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot of competition uh, mm-hmm. in, in that marketplace. So, yeah, that would make sense that it was like kind of a slow. A yeah, slow he, he used the term. Uh, I was peddling like hats and tees out of my garage. <laughs> okay. That was a great line. But uh, and that was right during that great season with the Blazers when Damian Lillard hits that shot against Houston to. Oh. Yeah, break the playoff drought and everything and like i mean i remember that that was like probably the best well uh, maybe the 2019 western conference play up front but that was one of if not the best like greatest blazer moment of my lifetime uh and right after he hits that shot damien gets on the team plane and is wearing the 19 set oh yeah troy had a hat in his inventory it was it was just a flat uh, Flappo hat that said 1977 on it. So it was a Blazers themed hat. Oh, and he had okay. been trying all year to get it into like the Moda Center. And they were kind of like, oh no. Like, but then Dame gets on the plane and he's wearing the hat. Oh, Antonio. And they. So, take- so, so Lillard bought the, he bought the hat from the website or he, or. Yeah. So I asked about that. I was like, how did he get this hat? And he, Troy said that he had a friend. He gave the hat to a friend who was going to a Damian Lillard like shoe signing event and oh. he wanted the friend to get it signed. And they actually like cut a deal where like he was like, if you go get this hat signed for me, I'll give you a free hat. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like a trade. Love it. And uh and the guy ended up just like giving it to Dame, <laughs> getting it signed. Didn't get it signed. Like, which is like ends up being like the greatest this like move ever for for Troy it seems yeah. like but so that's how he got the hat and then yeah as he gets on the plane he's wearing it and it was the photo was taken of him getting on the plane he's like smiling with the hat on and it got on Instagram and it starts like blowing up and wow. that his uh his like small like 
he didn't even have like a domain name for his like uh apparel site it starts like blowing up with all these requests oh she geez. said he only had eight hats in inventory at the time oh and, no uh, oh no then, i think the stat was he got a request for for the first 24 hours he got a hat order every 1.5 seconds and then of course the blazers like are calling now after like kind of being like oh no like all season they're like oh we would like like we want your yeah. hat for the next playoff series yep and it's sold out for halftime so it just like it's this huge launching point is it's all because Damien wore this hat. Um, and he said in the piece, I have this quote is like without uh, like Damien Lillard wearing that hat, like back to the basket wouldn't exist. Um, so it, kinda, it like gets him like a huge, like starting point or a huge boost. Um, and he ends up like opening a shop at the Lloyd center. Uh, and then from there, he opens up. He he links up with Jalen, and they open up back to the basket in mm. twenty twenty. And they've been doing like really well. Um, that was really interesting that they opened in the middle of the pandemic. I was like, that's like an interesting time to open a business. But yeah. they must. It seemed like I mean, they know more about all that than me, and it's been uh, working. Fine. Yeah, that seemed yeah that seemed wild. I was when I was reading your article in that time frame. You know, I I used to my dad and I used to own an escape room in uh, Tualatin, you know, sub suburb of Portland. And, you know, we were closed for, and it's an escape rooms, a little different than an apparel shop. Like we're literally locking people in rooms next to each other. And that doesn't play well with COVID, but we were shut down for like a year plus. So like when this place opens in downtown Portland in 2020, I was like, okay, all right, man, good for them. You know, maybe yeah. they, um, got a good deal on rent or something or, you know, uh, like, Hey, just please open this place up. Yeah, yeah, I think they said they mentioned the like a storefront opened up and they just jumped on it. Um, cool. Tell tell and, me how how big was the is it a big shop or what's what's the yeah it's, it's not like huge I don't know like the dimensions but like you can like <laughs> give me like, square footage Connor yeah, I want yeah, exact no <laughs> it's uh it's one like main room uh, cool. and like they got like four main racks of jerseys and shorts and and like rare fine shirts like they have like a, a shirt from like it's like this like 1970s basketball oregon basketball camp like it's just like really so they have some like pretty goofy stuff in there um cool. along with all the nba stuff but uh the four main racks and then like a wall of hats and then a wall of shoes and then just like everything is like they make space they make room for everything like every space is utilized with like different cool. knickknacks um yeah well so when you did you okay so you show up to the to the event the 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 party they were having uh for the game for uh, for, for when Lillard comes back did you like con contact them ahead of time and say hey I want to do this story about y'all or did that happen because you were at this event yeah so in this shows kind of how chill and nice they are I showed up uh like an hour before the event uh I got off work and then like prepped, you know, I did like a little bit of research and then I showed up and just like introduced myself and said hello and asked if I could cover the event. And they were like, they were like, for sure. So I, and then I just, I was, it was weird. I was, I kind of was like enjoying the party <laughs> while, while trying to work. Like they didn't have Modelo's. I did not have a Modelo. <laughs> I like drew the line. I was like, I ate, I ate. <laughs> Chips and salsa, but I did not have the Modelo. Okay, there uh, you go. There you go. 
but um yeah i ended up just kind of hanging out and it ended up they were expecting more people to show up um like like at least like 50 and it ended up being more like 20 okay um which at first i was like a little nervous i was like oh like is this gonna be like harder to make a story out of this but it ended up being almost i think more interesting and nicer because it was like all of their close, like most of their close friends were there and family. Um, and it just showed like how their family was helping that supporting them, like on this kind of mission to like create this community. Um, and there was like, there was one, I mean, there was obviously not, there were other people there as well. Uh, and like there was a circus performer there. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, I did. Yes, I did. I yeah, saw it towards the, the end. First, yeah. That's the first circus performer I've ever met. <laughs> but uh only in downtown was, Portland would the circus would there be a circus performer at a sports memorabilia shop that sells jerseys and blazers gear. Like yeah. that just all fits. Well, like, this was this was Hawthorne, which uh which is not really it's not downtown, but it's 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 almost like 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 uh I don't want to say hippie culture in Portland. That almost sounds like cliche or stupid, but it's like definitely <laughs> more like alternative Portland. It's, sure. It's um, yeah. 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 Her name was Megan and she wasn't even a Blazers fan, but she just was like, Oh, like I saw the email for this and like, I worked down the street and I liked this place. So like, I just wanted to come hang out and support. So like, she kind of was like showed how it, it is reaching other people like yeah. this, this I, community building. I, I think you made a good distinction in the article because it was, this isn't, and to be clear to everybody, like this is not just like a Portland trailblazer shop. I mean, they have jerseys, bunch, you know, all 30 NBA teams, like a lot of things like this, but I mean, the emphasis, obviously they're in Portland and I'm assuming they're Portland fans or at least kind of lean that way. So, you know, but for the, I mean, this is, you know, shoes and uh, Jordan, you know, Jordans and all the stuff. So um, I, I think it, it's good that it kind of can touch a lot of different um, a lot of different folks and and yeah. um, WNBA like college like women's college yeah uh, mm -hmm. I saw a post they like got the the old Portland Fire like practice yeah. jerseys in the WNBA team we used to have like that was those are like twenty years old or more you know I thought yeah that was they get cool they get a lot of cool like finds uh, like after Terry Porter's like estate sale happened I saw like on their Twitter that like people were showing up there to to sell some of the, the stuff from there nice yeah. nice well i'm sure things will pick up i mean this season outside of that game which is like what our only nationally televised game of the whole season uh people are i think a lot of folks in portland blazer fans trying to ride this year out see what the offseason does in next year so if the team starts doing better i'm sure their shop um you know the events will pick up and stuff like that mm -hmm. I, I bet you they'll do like a draft a draft day party or something. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm just thinking what would be good events, but, um, yeah. but yeah, good stuff, man. It shows the impact like a player like Lillard who, you know, these, all these indirect effects of him being in Portland and the kind of su superstar that he is, he puts on a hat and that hat launched a brick and mortar small business on Hawthorne in Portland. Like that's the, you know, that, that hat wasn't being worn by CJ. It wasn't being worn by Nurkic or I, I guess he was hurt during that run, but you know, 
Um, Al Farouk Aminu wasn't wearing that hat. It wouldn't have mattered. But but Lillard wearing the hat launches this business, which is just wild to me. That yeah. uh, it's so cool the effect this have. So a, a great like, story. Thank you. Yeah, it's almost like movie like 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 you could see like I don't know like some like celebrity wears like somebody's dress or something at like the Oscars, you know, and then it's, I, I just thought about that. And uh, hopefully if nobody steals this movie idea, but, um, <laughs> they got to give you credit. Yeah. Maybe it's not like basketball and Damian Lillard, but like some sort of like celebrity, like, and like a, it's a cool story. Yeah. No, I love it. Uh, all right. So you can check that out. That's on blazer's edge. Uh, you can go read it featured story. Uh, I want to pivot real quick from, featuring a small business in Portland to now uh, a player, you know, ex player now works uh, for the rip city remix, uh, the G league squad and works for the trailblazers is, is a, uh, I think he's in player development. Uh, tell us, tell us who you interviewed and, and give me kind of some of the thoughts and things that you learned um, uh, from that interview. Yeah. So uh, also this month I interviewed Pooh uh, Poo Jetter, who is the new player development coach for the Blazers, but he's also the assistant general manager for the Rip City Remix. Um, and who is, he has like a lot of Portland connections right now. So he went to school, he played at University of Portland. Um, and then he also, and his coach at the time was Michael Holton, which I, I didn't realize that was, was yeah. a cool connection. Really uh, cool. And then, and then his, his last two years of playing in the G League, he was, uh, with the G League Ignite, and that was when Scoot Henderson was there. So he his last two years of before that he was like all over. He went played internationally and played like a season with the Kings. Um, but yeah, his last two years he was with Scoot as his mentor and teammate. Um, and then now, of course, they're like teams back up. Um, and yeah, I, I talked to him for like twenty minutes, uh, and just came away with like the impression that. He's just like a super genuine, nice guy, like super, uh, like positive and uplifting. It it made me realize it, it makes sense why he's a trainer or like why he's a coach. Uh, his whole personality was just like about like in kind of in, inspiring and like being grateful. It was like inspiring me as I was talking to him. I was like, I should go work out after this. Uh, uh yeah i got I, I i read the i read the back and forth the q and a the interview and i was like yeah i need to go like run a mile here or something i'm, I'm yeah just, i'm, I'm happy you, i'm happy you got that too because i you know it wasn't like a video it was just like a transcription of the interview so i was like oh i'm hoping it comes through uh just like how positive he is and like how energetic he is well there's a part where he said i think he's 40 i think he says his age and he's like yeah i still am young enough to like get on the court and, you know, show these guys that I still know what I'm doing and playing. And I'm like, yeah, like, like, I think you get to, you know, the, some of the age of like, you know, like you're an old man in the NBA terms, you're like late thirties and they kind of like, don't get into the action anymore. And it shows this guy, you know, it's like, okay, poo, you getting in there. And I, I like, yeah, that. he even, he even like said at one point, he was like, once I hung up the sneakers, then he like, kind of like as an aside, it was like, but I really didn't. I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, he's still going for it. Well, where did you? So, did you meet uh, at like a practice facility, or where? Where did you interview him? Or was it over the phone, or what did you do? It was uh, over Zoom. Cool. Uh, yeah, With, and uh, I thought it was nice too because he was like super excited to be interviewed, 
which you know maybe shows like I don't know he's uh he's not like a mega star you know he was in the NBA and stuff but like yeah maybe like sometimes when people when we interview people at Blazers Edge like we're you know it's we're not like sixty minutes but if if he made me. He made me feel like we were 60 minutes. I was like, oh, this guy's really like just excited to talk uh, to us. And so it it made the interview fun for me as well to hear his story. And his story is, I think, really interesting that uh, he's coming back to Portland after 20 years away. And he kind of talks about that. Like, why like Portland? Like, why do I keep coming back to Portland? Um, yeah. But he talks about like how his parents or not his parents, his, his kids and his wife love it here, too. Um but the whole kind of basis of the interview was because they're doing this G League docuseries right now called The Break. Mm. Uh, and they're trying to get the word out about that. Uh, and the, that series is profiling uh, who in one episode uh, goes in depth on them. And then they actually just released another episode. This is uh, in the middle of like February uh, where they profile him again and, and kind of expand on his story. So okay. we were talking that as well oh very cool yeah i mean like in, in in no particular order i mean he like and you i'm just repeating what you said connor but it's really cool it's like you have a guy obviously played high school ball division one uh he was in the d league nba g league he was like in ukraine mm-hmm. israel uh maybe china or i don't know if i read that right in there yeah there's like five countries there's a lot of countries that he went to like i think a player development coach should have a background like that because you give perspective to players and yes, there's some aspect of having like, you know, a retired NBA vet, you know, coming in and being your player development or like working with your team because yeah, they're like, Oh, I know this guy or he's, he, he, he's been where I want to get to, but there's also this like other perspective for this person where Pooh has probably played in gymnasiums that were like wild, you know, or who knows what was going on in some of these countries. So that gives a lot of perspective. And I think as you're developing players, it's more than just fundamentals and getting better on the court, but like, how do you handle yourself off the court? And I think um, a guy that this well-traveled and experienced probably can help in each area, you know, the, the off the court and the on the court stuff. So. Um, yeah. Can I make cool. one point about that is, yeah. yeah, I think it's a really uh, just like smart hire for all those reasons you just said. And um like it makes so much sense that he's in the dual role of, of being in the, the, the G league assistant GM. Um, Cause he's gone through everything that those guys have gone through. Um, and then also being the player development coach. But I was wondering too, like, Oh, did he get this? I wondered if Scoot getting drafted played a part in him coming to Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, he was hired before we even like the draft lottery happened. Uh, so it just shows to like, all of his uh like his pedigree um and just like how much of a chance encounter that him and scooter back together i thought that was cool yeah no i i think yeah i mean his clearly he has those ties to portland and so that probably made sense for him to come back but it also kind of speaks to him and and what i mean by that is let's say he had a bad relationship with scoot i'm just like saying if that was true when he was on the ignite the minute we draft Scoot Henderson, you know who the first person getting let go is? It's Pooh Jetter. He's gone. Yeah. Like, like Scoot says, hey, man, me, me and him did not get along. He's out of here. But that wasn't the case. So, like, clearly he's, you know, 
has a had a good relationship, but I love that point you just made. It wasn't like an, you know, um, <laughs> like see, you see in college sometimes where, you know, some yeah. high school recruit and then all of a sudden their uncles on the staff. Exactly. It's like, yeah. It's not, it wasn't that at all. Yeah. That. Well, that, that's really cool. Well, what, uh, so he assistant GM on the remix player mm-hmm. development for the blazers. Is he, and I don't know if you talked um, outside of just the questions that you wrote about, but I mean, what's his, did you, did you ask him like, Hey, in five years from now, what do you want to be doing? Or like, what, what was the sense that you got from Pooh that like, if he had to pick a pathway, like obviously they may probably all pick the NBA, but um, you know, front office stuff, G- GM or like coaching, did you kind of get a sense of what side he would want to go down? Yeah, I guess I didn't really ask him that directly. He was more just talking about how excited he was to be learning in this first year. Um, but I did just watch the second episode, uh, you know, where they're profiling him and, Mike Schmitz, who works in the Blazers front office, was talking about that a little bit. And he just said that, like, who's a guy who he could really do anything right now, like either side, whether it's coaching or front office or he even said, like, being an agent. And um, so they said that's why it was so important to the Blazers and for uh, Pooh to to get this dual role where he's seeing both sides. So it seems like, I don't know, maybe keeping his options open. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Um all right, Connor, I'm going to transition to a final, a final question here while I have you here. Uh, kind of, this is a good transition. It's unintentional. So uh, we, we've, uh, we've talked about like, obviously your featured article that you wrote. Uh, we talked about the interview with Pooh. Now let's get into kind of real time here. What's going on in the season with the team and then finishing out the year. Uh, we talked about Scoot, his relationship with, uh, uh, with Jetter. As we focus in on the end of the year, you know, Scoot, it, 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 you look at Scoot, you look at Shea, right? The two young guards. Obviously, we have Anthony Simons, who's still young, but he's been with the team six years. We kind of know who Simons is, and we're hoping he can continue to take a few more leaps here. But if you compare just the young guys, Shea in his second year, Scoot in his first year, what has been kind of the comparison between the two, and where do you see, like, expectation-wise – to end out the year. And I know it's hard because Shea's still injured. And I'm assuming if he is not like 155% healthy, he's probably not coming back. They probably don't want to risk it. But if let's say he does come back, like, what is that expectation for the two of them moving forward? Yeah, I, I think it's kind of funny because it seems like in my mind, at least they've kind of swapped places right now as like the most exciting reason why I was watching the Blazers this season. Cause like, I, uh, like you kind of said, we already know like what's who Simons is. Um, and like, even through the years with Dame, like watching those teams, unless Dame was like going berserk, I was like more excited to watch like the role players and like see who could like step up, uh, and like make a leap. So in the beginning of this season, like, I mean, this whole season is all about like hoping that people will make a leap. Um, so in the beginning, Shaden was like, the thing that got me most jazzed about watching the games, like that stretch kind of after like the first three games where he got into the starting lineup where he just like killed it. Um, And then, you know, he's kind of like, Oh, like I think he has the potential clearly like if where he just his athleticism and like how he can play so above the rim while also being able to shoot pretty well. Like I think his potential is being an all-star. And it really showed in that, 
first really good stretch. Um, but then as the season went along, you know, he, his minutes, he, he had like overloaded with minutes and then people came back. So he kind of dropped off a little bit. And then now, of course, he's hurt. But during that whole stretch, Scoot was really struggling. And now he's starting to kind of come along. Um, and like before, I was really worried. Like I wasn't going to write an article being like, I'm worried about Scoot Henderson. Like that, I thought that would be stupid. Yeah. Uh, and, and premature. But, you know, I was watching. And I was kind of like, okay, like this clearly isn't like what people wanted or expected in this first like month. Um, but now like I'm not worried at all about Scoot Anderson. Like, I don't know, like, you know, if he's going to be like an all generational, like NBA point guard, but I think over the last like two months, he's shown like in my mind that he's going to be an impactful NBA player and like not a bust or any, you know, any of like the nightmare scenarios that like people were throwing up. Um, so it's just nice now to watch like for the last two months of the season, I'm just going to be watching to see like Scoot keep developing like more feel and more comfort. Cause that's the, the most exciting about, part about him is like the growth is so evident from game to game. Like the, it's like, you can see it so visibly, which I don't, I can't remember like seeing that um, with a Blazers player for a long time. Cause we haven't been in this position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the part with Scoot that uh, it either is, I don't know, like the term a double-edged sword or catch-22. I don't even I don't even know if I'm using those correctly here with what I'm about to say. But his, it, it's the demeanor on the court, like the asking a ref for a foul call or kind of, um, you know, getting in his opponent's face a little bit or like, he he's so demonstrative for a rookie. It's so weird to see a rookie get that um, loud and talkative, and and that is either like okay, he is arrogant, he's cocky, he is entitled, dot uh, blah blah blah. Like from a negative standpoint, or you take that as like this dude is uber confident. He already like has expectations for himself, and he's getting respect. And I do think it leans more towards the positive side because you take a guy that he, he clearly, at least from my perspective, didn't mind. He was coming off the bench, you know, where some rookie, especially a highly drafted one on a bad team should be starting. And he wasn't. And so, and it seemed like he was still putting in the work, but then the other side of the coin, and I, I, I've mentioned this before in some of the articles and stuff, but his ability to draw fouls and get the foul call already as a rookie it is kind of amazing. And I don't know if part of that is like the things that he's saying to refs is actually <laughs> resonating. <laughs> like maybe the ref is like, Oh shoot. Yeah. You are really getting hit. I'm going to call that. And and those, that part to me is very interesting. That tells me, yeah, not a bust, not, oh, not yeah. a bust. You know, he will find his way. I think there's a world of potential there. His, that the free throw shooting has really come along. Good indicator of form. I think that translates you know, you know, uh, Connor, when's the last time there was like an 85% free throw shooter and then they shot like 20% from three point range. Like, I don't think that exists unless I, maybe I'm missing somebody here, but I just think those things seem to always go together. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And like, after that, people talk about it a lot after that, like really bad start from three, if you remove those games, uh, he's basically like, get him out of here. You know, he's playing like he's shooting pretty average from three, which like 
you'll take that after how worried people were. Um, and yeah, I think speaking on his like personality, he just seems like he is just like jazzed up about basketball and like, he just really like has a passion for basketball. Like, yeah, I don't see it as like a negative. Um, and, uh, like, and you see how excited he gets for his teammates when they do well. Like it's, I think that's why the Blazers front office is so high on him and like think that he will figure it out is that he does show that mentality. And I do have uh, a little bit of a, a little inside scoop here. Oh, from, uh, oh you're breaking, you're breaking news here on the, on the rip city really. table. It's, oh, okay. <laughs> well, not new, sort of. It was, I went to a preseason, it's way back, but I went to a preseason game. I lucked into like courtside tickets from a friend. So I was like right next to the bench. Yeah, and it was uh, it was that game against um, I think the team from New Zealand. There was some team that was you know they weren't even like an NBA team. Uh, and in the fourth quarter, the Blazers were up by a lot, and uh, like they had already taken out all the starters. And Chauncey Billups called out for I think I think he said two for Tumani, and Scoot thought he said Scoot. And so he like he jumped up off the bench and ran to the scores table, and Chauncey was like Cha- Chauncey was like waving his hands, was like no, and like sent him back, and like I saw the assistant coaches kind of broke out laughing, and it was just kind of, I you could get the sense that they're just like like not expecting this like highly touted rookie to like one think that they would put him back in the game at that moment, yeah. and two be like so excited and ready to jump up. Bad, yeah. like go back into the game with like four minutes left against yeah. you know the preseason game yeah that's incredible i mean that does that speaks to you just want guys that like want to be out there all the time and want to give it their all and be there for their teammates and yeah there's like the reluctant like oh, geez you're putting me back in like i'm mm-hmm. sco- i was the third pick in the draft really <laughs> but yeah to just jump up and go i love it um okay i want to ask you one final question then we're gonna go i'll let you go I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. I didn't prep you for this. So it has to do with Anthony. I'm going to give you a second to think. So Anthony Simons is no longer on the team. Okay. I want you, that's the press preference. Oh, no. here. So, okay. As we're, as we're talking about scoot Shaden, right. Expectations. Probably if, if, if the Blazers are going to make the jump, the, what probably has to happen is that's the starting backcourt, right? Scoot and Shaden one and two. So, Simons probably has to be traded. He's not going to come off the bench. He's he'd be paid too much money to do that. He gets moved in the off season. What's the return? Like in your mind, and I don't want to say like, you don't have to give me a name, but like what, if the Blazers move Simons in order to say, look, we're going to give the backcourt of Scoot and Shaden the next five to seven years to just figure this sucker out. Who would you be happier? What would you be happy happy getting for Simons? Or you can disagree with me and you can say, no, we need to keep Anthony Simons and this is why. But what what do you think on that? It's hmm, a good question. I think, yeah, I think long-term Simons will probably have to be traded or maybe the team decides to scoot or Simons, I think will have to be traded at some point. Um, uh, it's a tough question. <laughs> I think um, probably, you know, like you don't want to get another guard for one. No. <laughs> We've got the two guards. Uh, I'm really high on Simons. Like I think with his contract uh, and like how much he can score, like 
I would only want to give him up if you're getting back like a probably like a, like a promising forward, you know, like a, a promising small forward or power forward, and then like a, a pick or something, like somebody mm-hmm. who can who isn't like an all star right now, but like who could potentially like with development turn into an all star. Yeah. So yeah, not like the clearest answer, you know, like not like no. exactly the amount but but you're good i know what i'm i'm thinking is it would be more in that ballpark of like somebody not just picks some but like maybe some picks as an add-on but like somebody who the the front office can bring back and be like look like here's another guy who we can really like build this core around sure no and, and i and and I, I i love me some anthony simons and i think if we had been uh around 500 call it around the you know leading up to all-star break and Simons had played the whole year, I think he would have been a tough leave or a tough player to leave off the Western Conference All-Star team. Like if he had played all the games and the Blazers were hovering around the, you know, eight or seven seed, something like that, ninth seed in the play-in round, like uh, he's that type of player, I do. I just like, Shaden made such a leap in my mind from his three-point shooting, his athleticism, mm-hmm. and like the guy can play some defense. Like Shaden can't. He he's still still pretty skinny, but if Shaden starts to fill out a little bit, he has the ability to to play defense. Where I think Simon's still, I think six years in, I think he is who he is. He he's 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 getting more demonstrative, and I think he's not um he's not a sieve on defense, but <laughs> uh, and then you know, and then I think Scoot has all the abilities to be a, a great defender as well if, if he chooses to like commit to that end of the court but i think the guy has energy um for like the next thousand years he can just keep running yeah. so um i don't I know hear what you're saying i think sharps like ceiling and potential yeah i like that's what i'm most excited about like i think that's the the, the best path the blazers have to contention is that sharp like fills out to like what he could be Oh yeah, it, it's higher than anybody. I think it's higher than Scoot. Like I think it's higher than anybody else on the roster. I I I agree. I think Scoot's still pretty high, but I think what from what I saw from Shaden this year, I was just like, whoa. I mean that it's like sucks that the injury stuff, you know. And I know I think they're taking it like we said this already, but they're taking it pretty cautious with him, especially with like the abdomen stuff and like Lillard dealt with that for so long. So I think it's like they don't want to have. I just finished watching. I don't know if you watched the the ESPN documentary about Bill Walton, the luckiest guy on earth. Yeah. You see an episode I I watched, I watched, I just finished it. And it's just like, it just is all these just awful. Just like, why can't we keep our players healthy? Like ever, they always all get hurt. Like there's probably not another professional sports franchise in the world that has like had the injury misfortunes that the Blazers have had. And now we're not even good. And it's happening, which It's like worst. Why does it matter right now? I know. But anyway, well, cool, Connor. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. Where, uh, where can everybody find you and follow you? You got Twitter, Instagram, obviously Blazers Edge. Is there other places? Yeah, Yeah, definitely Blazers Edge, and then yeah, Twitter. Uh, Connor Bergen eight. Very uh, Connor Bergen eight. You are the eighth Connor Bergen out there. (laughs) Yeah, I was. I thought recently, I was like, maybe I should like you know do that up a little bit but yeah connor bergen eight that's what it is hey simple it's easy to remember connor bergen eight well connor bergen eight <laughs> thank <laughs> you for joining us um on the podcast we'll catch up with you another time yeah thanks for having me
All right, we are back with Adrian. We have one of our Blazers Edge writers. Uh, I'm so excited, Adrian, that you're on our first episode of the Rip City uh, podcast here. Uh, like, awesome, dude. Introduce yourself. Give our give our listeners a little bit of background about yourself, and then uh, we'll jump into kind of what you're feeling, you know, expectation wise for the rest of the season. Uh, thanks for having me on, Corey. Uh, it's uh, it's a pleasure uh, to to get on and talk Blazers. It's something that uh, I love doing, and writing and talking Blazers is uh, um, is definitely my uh, my passion outside of what I do at home back here in Australia. So um, a bit about myself. So I'm an Australian in case you hadn't have realized. Um, <laughs> I could tell uh, just a little bit, just a little bit. Again. Yeah. 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 So I'm not even going to try a fake American accent because I don't want to annoy or um, insult uh, our friends over in the U S but yeah, Australian uh, I've been, I've been working at Blazers edge for uh, God, nine years wow. uh, now. Um, and the last three having a weekly column, uh, just talking about anything blazers a lot of uh makeup of the roster uh how how things are going i'm not really an x's and o's guy i leave that to the likes of danny Morangs and and sean hikins but uh, uh more of a kind of a broad macro look at the team um so I, I i'll give you a bit of background as to why i chose portland from the other side of the the world uh so i I'm a, i grew up in the 80s and 90s uh Everyone, all my friends were looking, were chasing Jordan um, memorabilia and loved Jordan. And I thought, let's buck the trend and go and have a look at this guy, Clyde. Uh, <laughs> yes. And uh, it uh, it was pretty uh, it was pretty uh, um, uh, natural that 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 love of Clyde and the way he played. Obviously, back then we didn't have the internet. We had videotapes. Um, to some of the younger listeners, uh, Google that. You might find out a little bit more about what we had to go through as as youngsters. But uh, uh, we had magazines and videotapes, and Clyde was what kind of drew me to the Blazers. And then obviously there were some uh, sadder years uh, in the early 2000s, and then Brandon and, and LaMarcus and Greg Oden um, came on board, and then we got Patty. And so we had an Australian connection, and that was uh, – that uh, reinforced my my fandom. Yeah, yeah, man. Pat, Patty Mills, dude, was a was a player, dude. He, I, he, like would always come in the game and just like feel like if anybody was asleep at the Rose Garden or, or Moda, who used to be Rose Garden, they you would just wake Rose up. Garden. Yeah, we could say yeah. Rose Garden. Yeah, Patty Mills <laughs> was incredible. So, uh, okay, nine years ago is when you jumped on with Blazers Edge. What what was what was the squad then? So that was two thousand. That was Lamarcus leaving. That was Lamarcus leaving. That, that was that Lamarcus. season. Yeah. So I jumped on. I was trying to in 2015. So yeah, I think I I started pretty much as he was packing his bags for San Antonio. Jeez, dude. I remember. Yeah, yeah. that that summer, that free agency. I, I I was just like anything Woj was saying or any tidbit, and and then there was that picture. And it came out with like Lamarcus at like a buffet with Popovich or something like that, or they were eating, and it was like, ah, oh, crap! Like th- this is not good. No, no. See, I was the opposite. I was in, I was in constant denial. Yeah. Um, uh, whenever something would pop up, I'd say, no, nope, he's staying. It's just, it's yeah. just a, 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 it's false news. It's 
He's going to stay. He's going to stay. He cannot. He can't leave Dame. It's going. It's. It's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, and then that that uh, that Woj Bob came through, and uh, uh, we were all devastated. Uh, yeah. And uh, we had to pick up uh, the pieces with Gerald Henderson and Noah Vonley. And <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Vonley. Oh, didn't the didn't Batum get traded yeah. like before? Yeah. I think that yeah. was like the writing on the wall. It was like, oh, well, shit. no, no, because that was that was peak denial for me. I'm like, no, 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 they're just they're just moving some money around. Neil O'Shea knows what he's doing. God, that was a mistake to think that. Oh, Neil O'Shea knows what he's doing. Um, this is all part of the plan. Lamarcus is staying. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I needed to face facts, and uh, yeah, eventually it hit me like a a freight train. Yeah, well, so I'm sorry, sorry to bring up th- that stuff. I was just curious nine years ago what <laughs> when that was. So. Um, uh, all right, so Adrian, so let's fast forward. Now we're in 2024. Yep. Uh, we've just had the All Star break. It feels like we haven't had NBA action in like three months or something. Uh, it's been hard. It's been yeah, hard. it's been hard. So these aren't. This isn't really the halfway point of the season. We're we're kind of beyond that. There we're sitting at about 27 ish games, give or take here remaining. What what are you looking for? What what are, what is what's Adrian looking forward to for the rest of the season, expectation wise? What what should our fan base be interested in? What what are kind of those things to expect here? Uh, oh, I'm I'm not even worrying about wins or losses at the moment. And if you are, uh, seek help um, because <laughs> because the Blazers are going to lose more. Uh, obviously, they didn't trade Brogdon or Grand or Thibault, so. There's still talent on the roster, but uh, look, I I wouldn't be surprised if some of those guys found injuries towards the end of March and early April. Um, what I'm looking forward to seeing is guys like Chris Murray, um, who have, we've seen a little bit of, um, who have uh, who's shown a little bit. Obviously, uh, still not quite up to speed, um, but with that extra time, like we saw with Jabari Walker last year getting up to speed and, and and actually enjoying minutes where he can make mistakes um, and then and kind of figure that out. Obviously, it's a bit of a pain to see Scoot out. Um, we're obviously recording before the Denver game, but um, after his appearance at All-Star Weekend, he's now out for the Denver, Denver game, which is quite annoying. But um, seeing Scoot uh, kind of continue his development um, – I know a lot of fans out there are a bit concerned about Scoot. Um, I'm not worried. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in that denial phase again. Maybe I need to go and seek help. But um, I, I, I've i loved what I've seen from him kind of in the lead up to trade deadline and all-star break. And I think um, <sighs> he's still only 19. Oh, sorry, he's 20 now. Um, but he's he's got so much talent. Obviously, the shot needs to need some work but uh, I get the sense that he's the kind of guy that will uh, spend time on that and work through that and um, even if he's I mean he's never going to be a 40 percent three-point shooter but if he's a 35 36 while doing all the other stuff that he's able to do then I'm perfectly fine with that so scoot Chris uh, I'd love to see a bit more of Rayan um, uh, he's that he's that high upside type player potentially Um and, uh, and, and yeah, I mean, it's a shame we didn't get to see Robert Williams, um, Time Lord, this season. But getting to see my countryman, Dwight Reyes, get his get the bag and uh, and continue as he has is great. And I'm looking forward to him at the Olympics later this year. So um, I've got that double connection, which is fantastic. 
Yeah, man. Yo, yeah. yeah. Watching Duat play has been like a very pleasant surprise this season. And, and you can just tell, I mean, the way he just like moves around the basket and can, and just leaks out to the three point, you know, arc where, you know, they're still not really respecting him. And, and I, you know, I know there's not a lot of tape on Duap at this point, but he, he's, he fits the team. And I'm so glad that they gave, it was a three-year, three-year contract. And, uh, uh, that was, that was a good move, um, to your, to your scoop point, and, and I don't think you're delusional. I, I, uh, <laughs> and if you are, then I probably am too, but I, I, of all the things we could pick out and the thing that stands out to me, and I've written a little bit about this on, uh, just after games and such is, is his ability as a rookie to still, to draw fouls still impresses me. I just don't, you don't see that from 20 year olds watching like, uh, Lillard develop those first three or four years, that guy couldn't get a call. Like Dame never got a foul call. And to see Scoot as a young guy draw fouls easily or get respect from referees is interesting, but he's converting at the line, you know? And so that tells me like that shot will get there. I, mm. I, I don't think, a, you know, 80%, 90% or, you know, at the line, like is going to be a poor jump shooter or three point shooter his whole career. So I think there's, little things to look at that should be exciting. I know people want to say, Oh, Brandon Miller, like he's already better. He was the better pick and all that stuff. I still believe I'm delusional with you, Adrian. I think, I think in a couple of years time, Scoot will be the better player of the two. Uh, I know uh, Charlotte fans, we're going to see Charlotte fans in a, in a few days, but I, I don't think they they like that. Brandon Miller is going to be a perfectly fine player. He might make an all-star or two, but I just don't think he's – I don't think he'll his ceiling is as high as what Scoot can be if he realises everything. Mm. Um, and that's what – that's why you, you you pick these guys and that's why you take the time to rebuild so they can play through mistakes and and kind of figure out where they, they sit in the league. Um, yeah. But um, the, the other thing I, I wouldn't mind seeing is a bit more of Aiton. Um, he might be one of those guys who kind of sits later in the year. But what we saw from him a couple of weeks before the All-Star break was uh, particularly enticing. Um, his, his ability to hit the mid-range and rebound and block uh, really shows you why the Suns took him at number one a few years ago, obviously. There were Doncic and Jaron Jackson Juniors <laughs> and Shea Gildas Alexanders in that draft um, that may have may or may not have been gone number one or Trey Trey Young as well. But yeah. Aiton, he still has the talent and he's twenty five and I think we should remember that when we when we look at the the way he's progressed just over the past seven months. Yeah, I mean we, we are not far removed from like he was a, the starting center in an NBA Finals and. Yeah. I know Giannis kind of had his way with him, but in, in that finals, but man, he, he, he's shown me enough. I, honestly, if they just played him 10 more games and shut him down or something, I don't think I would, I, I don't think I'd be mad. Like I, I think there's enough in Aiton to yeah. know that long-term again, 25 years old, uh, a starting center that is very capable, very capable. Um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind that at all. I, I do to your to your uh, repair point. I want to see him play. I want to yeah. give Ryan thirty minutes a game. Like like I, I don't know why. And I know it's development. He's probably playing a lot in the G League, but that I agree with you. I want to see more of him. He's got an ankle sprain at the moment, which he'll uh, which is which is um, unfortunate. But I think I mean 
there, there are some people comparing him to, to Giannis um, in the way that he can move. I look, he's apparently he's grown an inch or two since being drafted, so you never know. Okay. But yeah, he's he's got that that fluidity and that versatility and the skill set to be a really good player. But a lot has to happen between now and then for him to actually be that player. So mm. um, I think you're right. He needs to play. He's- um, and not just Rip City Remix minutes. He needs to play real minutes with the uh, with the big boy team. Yes, for sure. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, Adrian, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the spot. I didn't I didn't prep you on this question right now. <laughs> so from a macro level, let's say we're we're looking into next season, maybe the season after that, and you get to pick one of these two players turns out to be an all star. It's either Tamani Kamara or Jabari Walker. It's one of the two. Which one, if they became an all-star, catapults the Blazers into contention for an NBA title? You get one of the two. It doesn't mean the other player is bad or is off the team, but one of those two becomes an all-star. Which one is going to help us get to the top quicker? I say, Okay, so quick clarifying question. Are you saying which one is more likely to reach an all-star or which one's all-star appearance helps this team the most? Which one's all-star appearance helps this team the most? Okay. So if you were asking me the other question, I would say Jabari Walker, okay. purely for the fact that he's already got it pretty much on both sides of the ball. Uh, if, but, okay. I don't think Jabari is an all-star. I think he is your check dictionary definition of a role player and a really, really good one at that. I think if Tamani Kamara can fix his jump shot and actually kind of be that contributor on offense, then I think Tamani Kamara is the answer there. But I'm I'm a realist as well, and I still think <laughs> Jabari Walker will be the better player. Okay. I love that answer. <laughs> Sorry, I just I had to throw it at you. I was curious. No, 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 no. Answer. Who who would you? Who, what would you do? I, uh, you know, yeah. I'm. I, I hate to like repeat what you said, but I do think I think Tamani. If we could unlock him and he grew to that all star caliber player, like that, that's something. One. I mean, when's the last time the Blazers have had like a wing player become an all star? Like, I don't even. I don't even know. I, I don't know if we could sit here for a while and talk about it. I, I can't think of one. Was B Roy a wing? Was B Roy a wing? Uh, no, he's still a shooting guard. I, I wouldn't call him like a like a wing. I mean, he played on the wing, yes, but no, I still think of him like as a guard. It's like Lillard, yeah. Roy are guards. Lamarcus was, you know, power forward, center. Yeah. Uh, you know, you go back even further. You got like Rashid. He was, you know, power Good forward. Yeah, power forward. You know, so I, I don't know. I've never, I just in my lifetime, I've never, I've never seen that at, on a, in no, a Blazers. No, it's a good point. Uniform. It's a good point that I don't think the Blazers have really had uh, wing all stars. Yeah, no. I can't think of. It. I mean, we make the trade for Scotty, right, for Pippen. You know, but he was yeah. p- past his prime at that point. But, yeah. uh, but never really. I don't know. So yeah, I, I take, I take Tamani. I, I think. I think I'm with you. Jabari just has to be that like guy that just comes in and just like is everything kind of person and. Yeah, and I don't think he, at least from my perspective, I could totally be wrong, but I think he comes off the bench. He can start. I don't think that guy cares. I think he just loves to play. 
I just love I just love the way he he attacks the ball. Um, and I think since he's entered the starting lineup, and I've been and I'm, I'm eating a bit of crow here because I've been the one saying you have to keep Grant at the four. He's not a small forward. He's not. He he doesn't. You don't maximize his offensive prowess at small forward. But moving Jabari into the, the starting four and Jeremy down one has actually been a really good decision. Mm. Um, and so I am, um, I'm a big Jabari fan and I, I have been since summer league last year or the year before. So um, yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. Okay. I'm a, I'm gonna throw another one at you Okay. okay. and I'll give you a chance to like think it through. So I'll, I'll lay it out. So this is a, about uh, coach Chauncey Billups, so mm-hmm. coach Billups. Uh, I was talking to my buddy the other day and I, I, I threw out a scenario to him and I was trying to get his reaction and I want to see what you would think of this. So Terry Stotts, he's not on a team right now, right? He, okay, but hold on, hold on. I, I, I'm not going where you think I'm going. I, I, if they brought Terry back as like an elite assistant, and I know that's like what um, Scotty Brooks is supposed to be, but let's say Terry comes in, runs some of the offense, for for Chauncey do you think that works have you liked what Chauncey's been doing this season do you see him grow as a coach moving forward with this team we have do you think a Terry Stotts would help I, I I'm just I throw it out there I want your thoughts I mean the, the big question there is would Terry do it and I can tell you absolutely no way he would come back and do that but in a world where that was reality somehow that happened yeah um People are saying a lot of fans don't like Chauncey, and I can understand why they think that. And he's not—he's not the best coach in the league. But I don't think he's a terrible coach, and I think, um, I think the way he—he he clearly has a connection with the players. I don't know whether you saw um, Danny Morang and, and Anthony Simons earlier in the week talk, and how Anthony praised Chauncey for his for saving his career and whatnot. Mm. I think Chauncey comes across as a great guy and a great kind of mentor. Um, I don't know whether bringing Terry back kind of makes Chauncey a bit, makes Chauncey kind of second guess himself a little bit as well. I think he's got Scotty Brooks there. I would actually like them to bring in more uh, experienced assistant coaches, Um, but I don't think Terry's the right person and I don't think Terry would do it. So yeah. That's probably my answer. <laughs> I I agree with you. I don't think Ter- I don't think Terry comes in and takes an assistant coaching job under Chauncey. But he's uh, he's too happy going to soccer games and drinking beer. Like I don't think he needs I don't think he needs the stress. I don't think he does either. I don't think he does either. No, and, and Chauncey, I I yeah. I mean that was like a a good name, big name hire from uh, not from like he didn't have any coaching ex- head coaching experience, but you, everyone knew him from his Pistons days. But I want to see. I want to see more. I do think he does have a connection. You can see it when he's pulling players aside and they definitely seem like they resonate with the things he's saying. And I think he's uh, implemented um, just rotations and like that was ballsy to, to put scoot, you know, coming off the bench. Like, whereas I'm sure there was pressure to be like, no man, start this guy. Like, let's just get yeah. in. I think he, he read the room, you know, of like, he has to come off the bench and so that play, I think, panned out. You know, Scoot didn't have a great start to the year, but then started to come into his own. So 
maybe yeah. you know i think chauncey sees some of that probably doesn't get enough credit but i do i would love just like you said surround him with some good assistant coaches yeah yeah and look i think i think the the impression i get and i could be uh just kind of accepting the spin but it seems as if uh cronin is giving him a lot of leeway here he He's not he's not kind of micromanaging. Um, I do wonder who Cronin would have hired if he was GM at the time, because obviously we all remember the drink bottle uh, side eye Neil O'Shea press conference. Um, it was Chauncey was Neil, um, and then Neil was gone. What six months later? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, maybe a bit longer, but um, uh, yeah, I, I think Chauncey he got a five year deal as well. So I'm not sure. Um, JD's too keen on paying out another two years of a contract. Um, but we'll see. I mean, uh, the other side of the argument is that Chauncey really hasn't had great teams to coach either. And um, he came to Paul to coach Damian Lillard and Damian Lillard's not here anymore. So, look, I think by this time next year, we probably need an answer on Chauncey um, because this time next year, they're going to have to start making some decisions on the roster. On, I mean, Simons will be uh, ready for a, an extension kind of 18 months from now and what do you do with Scoot and, and so on and so forth. So um, I think I, I'm prepared to give him a little bit more time. I don't think he's he's done to, he's done poorly enough for him to get the sack just yet, but I wouldn't say he's he's 100% safe either. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Chauncey is like the Mark Jackson to the Golden State Warriors and he <laughs> like helps develop and then – He's out. We bring in, you know, the Steve Kerr type, and then there's, you know, three championships right there. Like, I, maybe that's what happens, Adrian. I might, I might be the, I might not be the only one in denial in, in this <laughs> conversation. Um, but look, I hope you're right. Um, I, I, I hope you're right. I hope I'm right too. But yes, I probably, <laughs> I might be a little delusional. Uh, all right, okay, Adrian. I want to ask you one last question. Then, then, uh, yep. then we'll wrap it up here. So. This this season, if we were to go back to October 31st, whatever the first game was, yep. and I were to to tell you at this point, this is what it, things were going to look like. We still were going to have Brogdon, Grant. You know, I, I don't think back then you would have thought we were a playoff team, so I don't think you'd be surprised by our record. But if I were to tell you all that and we're at the beginning of the year, do you think that's a failed season so far? Do you think that's a, oh, that's great, good, I like the progress where we're at? Or do you think that was like even we, we, we are, you know, we're at where we would be anyway? I think I think it's about where we are with one caveat. And I think we've been deprived of Shade and Sharp. And I think that's been one of the biggest um, uh, downers for this year. Because the way he was playing through November and December, he was starting to show um, – uh, what he could be. So, look, as far as record goes, yeah, that's fine. That top five pick is is kind of where we're headed, and that's fine. Um, I'm happy with where Scoot is. I'm happy with uh, Scoot is where I thought he would be. Anthony's where I thought he would be. Aiton, look, ideally would have been a little bit better. Um, uh, Chauncey kind of is a wash. Um and actually, Grant's probably been better than what I thought he would be as well. But all in all, I think they're kind of where I thought they would be. I just would have liked to have seen Shaden Sharp play more. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. Yeah, Shaden, man, this 
this could have been really that breakout year and just, yeah. you know, just injuries. Ah, dang it. Um, well, anyway, Adrian, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, where, where can our uh, listeners, where can they find you? Where can they read you? So uh, obviously on Blazers Edge. Uh, so every Sunday, my time, Saturday, your time, obviously we're, we're in the future down under, but uh, um, every Saturday I, I put out a column, we call it Adrian's Angles, internally it's not really kind of um not really marketed that way but uh it's it tends to be kind of a, a thousand word plus kind of analysis of what's going on on any particular issue this week i am writing about Aiton um and his uh which will come out tomorrow um and and he whether he is right for at center for the future so um yeah read that every Saturday and, uh, and yeah, just uh, enjoy everything at Blazers Edge because we really do have some great riders and some great insights uh, into the team. So, yeah. Love it. All right, Adrian. Thanks, man. Yeah, check out. By the time this pod comes out, the article yep. will be out. So go to yep. blazersedge.com uh, and check out Adrian's article on DeAndre Ayton. Great. Thanks, Corey. All right. We hope you all enjoyed this episode of the Rip City Roundtable, our first ever episode. Big shout out to our guest, Connor, our guest, Adrian, uh, incredible insight. Uh, they're doing amazing work for the Blazer's Edge website. Uh, check it out if you haven't, blazersedge.com. Uh, be on the lookout. We are bringing back the YouTube channel, so a lot of content will be put out on YouTube. Of course, our podcasts, um, we have, uh, we'll have multiple podcasts actually under the trail, uh, under the, under the Blazers Edge name, uh, Trail Daddy is a, is a show that we currently have now. So go check out, uh, Dave Decker. He's our managing editor, uh, bringing back his show. It's a solo show. Uh, and he does an incredible job with that. So check out that show right now. His first episode got rebooted, uh, this past week. So that's incredible. We'll have more content coming on the way with other incredible podcasters all talking uh, Portland Trailblazers. So we appreciate the listen today. Remember, follow, like, subscribe, download, all the things, you know, so we can be top of mind for you. That helps us be better and we can get you the best content possible. So again, thank you for listening to this episode, the first episode of the Rip City Roundtable. I'm your host, Corey Dickman. Uh, and I'm excited for next week and what we got going for you. So enjoy. And as always, as our, you know, one of the best play-by-play radio announcers I've ever heard in my lifetime, Brian Wheeler used to say, and it's a great day to be a Blazer. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.